Now, we're not going to be about, you know, slogans and all this, whatever it may, it may be. Um, the best player going to play, you know, the toughest dude going to play, and uh, ain't no fluff. How bad is number two on it? Calvin Ridley for six. In the 2021 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Kyle Pitts. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Heads Up Podcast, your source for all things Falcons-related and the official Atlanta Falcons podcast of the Fan Sided Network. My name is Jesse Head, host of the show, and we finally have some Falcons football to watch. We have our first preseason game this Friday, August 13th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, So, of course, we're going to talk about some of the positional battles to watch uh, during that game. The Falcons also wrapped up their last public practice um, this past Saturday, which was a scrimmage at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We'll talk a little bit about that, specifically uh, on the offensive side of the ball and in regards um, to what we think Matt Ryan is going to be able to do um, in this offense. Matt Ryan's always a fun topic to discuss, uh, a polarizing topic amongst this fan base uh, to discuss. So we'll get in uh, to that in pretty good detail. Um, and then we're also going to get into some of these roster moves. It's probably the first thing we'll do is get into some of the roster moves uh, that happened this week and what that means for our roster and our Atlanta Falcons team. Um, but before we get into all of that, we all hate when we lose our balls in the rough on the golf course. Well, imagine how your girl feels with all those pubes around your pearls. It's a bad look, bro. She does not like it no matter how much she pretends she's okay with it. That's why I'm telling you about Manscaped.com. You've seen the ads and the commercials before. They are the top provider for all your trimming needs to make sure you never nick those pearls down below. They've got a brand new lawnmower 4.0 made specifically for a comfortable trim. This is top of the line stuff, guys. Get the performance package, and I can get you 20% off and free shipping using the code FANSIDED20. Inside this package, you'll get their lawnmower 4.0, weed whacker for those annoying ear and nose hairs that you get, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxers, and you're going to get a travel bag uh, to hold all the ball stuff that you've got there in. Now, you're only going to get this deal here at the Heads Up Falcons podcast. So go to manscaped.com, use that code I told you about, FANSIDED20, for 20% off and free shipping. All right, guys, so we'll kick this thing off with some of the roster updates that happened at the beginning of this week. Uh, We went out and signed uh, Deontay Foreman. Uh, This was kind of a weird one for me uh, because I thought that we had the the running back situation pretty locked down from the front end of things with Mike Davis, Quadre Olison, and Patterson being the guys that we'd see in the game with Mike Davis getting the heavy load of carries, of course. And then depth-wise, you had Javian Hawkins and Caleb Huntley uh, battling for a roster spot, obviously. So it looks like with this signing, that we weren't quite comfortable uh, with Quadre Ellison getting that two-three spot so easily. Um, looks like they wanted to bring in somebody that could compete for that. So they bring in Texas standout that looked like an absolute stud coming out of college, 
uh, but tore his ACL, spent NFL time with Houston in 2017 and 2018, and then uh, had a free agency year in 2019, and then got on with the Tennessee Titans in 2020. He's a big boy. He's 6'1", 235, so he'll be he'll be fun to watch. These are the type of signings that make the preseason uh, a lot more interesting when you bring in a guy like this that has a lot of potential that necessarily didn't get the shot he deserved uh, coming out of college because of injury and things like that. So he'll he'll be a, he'll be an inter- interesting one to watch um, as these preseason games unfold. So excited uh, by this this signing. It's a weird one uh, with other holes on the team, and you could probably bring in some other people to compete for spots. Um, that are a little bit more unsure and that could be a little bit more competitive. Um, but this will be a fun guy to watch as we go through the preseason. Also, Caleb McGarry activated. So we talked about this in the previous episode. This is great news to start out the week, especially going into our first preseason game. Caleb McGarry was kind of a guy that, you know, at the beginning of the, uh, of the training camp, you kind of had a lock in your head that Caleb McGarry was going to be the guy for the right tackle role. Um, he gets, you know, whatever the you know, physically unable to practice uh, list, if you will, and you put in Jalen Mayfield, and he's been getting all the reps at right tackle, which a lot of people love, and I'm certainly happy that Jalen Mayfield is getting that time. This is going to make him all the more valuable to be a depth guy for our offensive line, but as I said in the last episode, competition breeds excellence, and you want to see Caleb McGarry out there competing with a guy like Ajayla Mayfield. And we also still don't know what their true plans were for that right tackle spot if Caleb McGarry was healthy. So, you know, there's a big part of me that believes that McGarry, you know, was the starter out there anyway, and he'll still be the starter at right tackle. But, you know, we don't quite know and we won't know until, you know, this week unfolds, the training camp unfolds, and we'll see how things play out. So this will be, you know, interesting to watch with the preseason and how these things unfold um, with what happens at that right tackle spot. I think worst case scenario, we'll see Jalen May, uh, Jalen Mayfield um, at least battling for that left guard position, uh, but we'll see as things unfold. Of course, um, released this week, Deidre Sanat. It's a big, big clap for Deidre Sanat finally being off this roster. What a waste of a day two pick. By our previous regimen, he has literally served no purpose on this team whatsoever, and we finally get to stop hearing about his name, and he's off the roster, and we don't have to deal with this anymore. So that's a huge relief. Um, Other guy released this week, uh, cornerback Tyler Hall. We talked about that on the cornerbacks episode. Um, He was obviously an odd man out, a practice squad guy. He was of the old regimen, so no big surprise that he is off uh, the roster um, at this point. So um, those were some things that we would expect to happen at this point. But with all that being said, it's time to get into the open practice that we had at the Benz, kind of a scrimmage uh, type thing. So I'm not going to get into too much because it was just a scrimmage. I'm not going to buy into to too much, but I want to talk about the overall concept from the offensive side of the ball, and I want to talk about that in regards to Matt Ryan. I know you guys, not you guys, not all of you. I know there's it's a small portion. It just it, you know the the Matt Ryan haters are so loud it seems like it's half the fan base. But I know there's a lot of people out there that love to hate Matt Ryan, especially the ones that don't know jack shit about football. 
but this is going to be a very efficient offense, and that is something that Matt Ryan can thrive in. Now, from training camp and the scrimmage that we had this past Saturday, combine all that together, let's talk about the offensive takeaways that we've seen out there. A lot of play action, a lot of pre-snap motion, simple vanilla routes, very simple routes, right? Slants, crossers, comebacks, things like that. And a lot of short to intermediate passes This is what we've been seeing out there. We haven't been seeing many 50-yard, 45-yard strikes or anything like that, right? Matt Ryan plays his best ball when he is going through his progressions and finding the holes in the defense. That is when he's at his best. The thing that makes... Matt Ryan great isn't his superb athleticism, obviously. (laughs) It's his football IQ that makes him great. It's his ability to read the defense, understand the mismatches out there, find the holes, and dissect the defense. From what I've seen through training camp and scrimmages is that Arthur Smith is going to play, is going to call plays that feed into that type of skill set. And he talked about that too. He talked about... He you know he is the type of, of of head coach that is going to call plays and organize his team in a way that fits into the skill sets that he has. You know he talked about it. He said, "I know I don't have a Derrick Henry here, but I've got a Calvin Ridley. Okay, now he's got a Kyle Pitts. He's got a Matt Ryan. He's got guys that he can gear his offense to to fit their skill sets. Of course, he's going to do a lot of things that he likes." But ultimately, it's going to be to form and fit to the skill set players that he has now. Now, his play is, like I said, very vanilla in the way that he calls his offense. But, you know, predicated on finding mismatches and allowing athletic receivers to win battles against their opponents. Okay? Hence the play action. Hence the motions. Let's talk about the motion side of it. Okay? And what that does. And as I'm watching the, you know, the, um, the scrimmages and the training camp, I'd say maybe 85% of the snaps I've seen on the offense have involved motion. What does that do? Well, a lot of it depends on the situation, but it all plays into Matt Ryan's best trades, okay? Motion allows you to see the coverage they are running on defense, right? Whether they're in a zone, whether they're man-to-man, and it also allows you to create mismatches, okay? Imagine, you know, example here, imagine you come out in 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, three receivers, and the defense decides to go man-to-man cover two. You've got Kyle Pitts in a three-point stance, and you motion him out to the slot. Well, you've created a mismatch from a man-to-man perspective because you've likely got an outside linebacker covering him now out in the slot position. And you can apply that to any type of personnel uh, groupings that you want to have or formations or whatever. But he's constantly doing that, whether he's motion. I mean, imagine this. You've got Cordell Patterson at the running back spot, and then you motion him out to a slot or whatever you want to do. You can do a million different things, but he's constantly motioning people to figure out the defense one so Matt Ryan can go into dissect mode. And then he's it's just a constant he's constantly motioning people to find out what kind of defense they're in uh, to create that mismatch whatever you want to do he's always trying to find a way to attack the defense and as you know the play action uh, creates the delay of allowing your receivers to get one step on the defenders um, 
which is uh, something that he does a lot. Now, of course, that's predicated on us having a run game, which is something that I I feel confident that we're going to have at least some sort of, whether it's you know running the ball to set up the pass or passing to set up the run, um, which you can do both. If you look back at the Kyle Shanahan days, it seemed a lot like we were passing to set up the run. But all of this plays into feeding what Matt Ryan does great. It's not, it's not, you know, developing plays, you know, waiting these long developing plays, attacking 40, year, 40 yards down the field, every other play. It's those short intermediate routes and play calls designed for efficiency. And that's exactly what Arthur Smith's offense is. Um, that, you know, it's an efficient, uh, you know, kind of nickel and dime type offense uh, that is easy for a quarterback that's a traditional guy that drops back in the pocket, looks, reads a defense, and dissects it, and finds the open man. And that's the type of quarterback Matt Ryan is. You're not going to see him run around back there. You're not going to see him prolong a play for five, six, seven seconds. He's the type of guy that needs to drop back, find the mismatch, find the hole in the defense, read the play, and dissect what he sees out there, and that's what makes Matt Ryan a good quarterback. If you give him the offensive scheme to to back that up, that's what makes him a great quarterback. And I understand it. I understand where people are coming from from an NFL perspective and where the NFL is moving towards. When you're you know cutting on your Sunday ticket and you're looking at guys like a Patrick Mahomes – Josh Allen and Kyler Murray and all these guys that have this this ability to the prolong the play to run outside the pocket and throw it you know 40 50 yards down the field for a touchdown it's a fun entertaining thing to watch um, but you know what's more entertaining and fun than that winning the game and there's a guy by the name of Tom Brady that ever since he lost his arm for the past six, seven years has been doing and it's worked out pretty fucking well for him. And this is that type of offense, that short to intermediate routes, those play calls that are designed for efficiency. And those are the type of things at the end of the day, when all else fails, when the excitement's not there and everything, everything that weighs over that is, is winning the game. And that's the type of offense that this can be with Matt Ryan. He's fully capable of doing all those things. He is, if you give the guy protection, he's as good as any other quarterback in the NFL when it comes to dissecting a defense. And we have that opportunity here with Matt Ryan. With this type of offense and this type of play calling, Matt Ryan can go back into MVP mode. And I 100% believe that. And I'm going to catch some shit for that. I know I am. I know that I'm going to catch some tweets. I'm going to catch some messages. I'm going to catch hell for it. Total hell for it. But I'm telling you right now, with this type of offense, this efficiency, the short to intermediate passes, the simplicity of allowing Matt Ryan to drop back and dissect, he can be. he can go back into that type of mode again. Now, that's predicated a lot. I've been using that word a lot, but that's predicated a lot on the offensive line protecting him. It's predicated a lot on the run game working out. But again, I'm going to go back to Arthur Smith's offensive scheme. 
with the tight end heavy sets that he runs and the way that he runs his offense, I believe that they can create that environment for Matt Ryan, even if the even if the offensive line is not exactly what we need it to be. As much twelve personnel and everything that he runs, you take guys like a Lee Smith, one of our tight ends, right? He's a guy that is extremely good at pass blocking. You run that 12 personnel. A lot of people see that 12 personnel, and they only see Hayden Hurst and Kyle Pitts. But we're often going to see a Kyle Pitts and a Lee Smith out there. Lee Smith is not a receiver. He's an extra blocker. And with him providing that extra blocking, that provides extra time for Matt Ryan to dissect the defense. And we're going to see a lot of it. I'm telling you guys right now, this is this is going to be a more impressive year than you think for Matt Ryan. Next up, let's get into some of these positional battles to watch. Um, in our first preseason game and as training camp unfolds, uh, this is no surprise to you if you've listened to any of my previous episodes. I've been raving about this specific role on the defense. Um, the slot cornerback role is at the top of my list to watch. Um, obviously, at the outside cornerback's role, there's no doubt A.J. Terrell locks down one. And as training camp progresses, uh, Fabian Moreau seems to be even more locked in for that other, that opposite outside corner role. But there's a big question mark over the slot cornerback role. One of the most intriguing battles on the off or on the really on the team in general, but certainly on the defense, is the slot cornerback role. Um, you've got Isaiah Oliver, Darren Hall, and Kendall Sheffield that seem to be the main people competing for the role. Um, a lot of people don't have Kendall Sheffield too locked in for the slot role, but you know Arthur Smith and Dean Pease talked about both of them often talk about putting the best players on the field, and if you know Kendall Sheffield's obviously. I think kind of designated to be one of the losing people in the battle for one of the outside or for the you know Fabian Rose outside corner spot. I think he shifts in to that slot cornerback role and competes for that. And with these three guys, you've obviously got an extremely competitive battle going on here. So that'll be very intriguing to watch. And then we're hearing a lot of things coming out of camp about Chris Williams and one of our undrafted free agents, who I'm extremely excited about. A lot of noise has been coming out about his abilities and everything. I don't know if he makes his way onto or into the rotation, however, but if he keeps up, shows out in preseason and everything, he certainly makes his way onto the roster. Next up on my list, the left guard position. This battle seems to be pretty strong between Josh Andrews, one of our free agent signings, and Drew Dahlman, one of our draft picks. Very intrigued to see how this unfolds. Um, I'm wondering if Jalen Mayfield will get involved with the return of Caleb McGarry at the right tackle position. If Jalen Mayfield moves over into a uh, competition with Josh Andrews and Drew Dahlman. Um, I love it either way, however that works out with Jalen Mayfield. I love the fact that we would have a offensive lineman that can really play across the line. That provides a lot of depth, something that we have not had in the past. When one of our offensive linemen went down previously, I remember holding my breath thinking, who the hell is going to step up and be able to do it? And if Jalen Mayfield ends up being one of those guys that necessarily doesn't make a starting spot on the offensive line, if he can be a depth player for us, 
that's that's extremely relieving for me um, after seeing what we've been through with our offensive line. So one of the things I love that this regimen did is they in in the draft they went after offensive linemen. Although it seemed that we had you know decent amount of potential there. They did not accept that we had potential there. They wanted to make sure that we had potential and depth there across the offensive line. We had more than enough guys that had potential at the offensive line uh, to make sure uh, that we squared this away because it's something that we've never truly squared away um, you know, with Thomas Dimitrioff and Dan Quinn. So that's extremely relieving uh, to see that. Number three on my list is the running back position. Um, the signing of Dante Foreman, you know, like I said before, makes you think that they're not very comfortable with Quadre Olison and, or not, not, I don't want to say comfortable, but not comfortable just handing him the role of that running back two, running back three type position. I've, I pull back on calling him a running back two because of Corderell Patterson. I put him at two slash three. Um, and I think Dante Foreman is kind of competing for that that running back two slash three type role, whatever, however they're going to do the rotation, whatever it's going to be, we won't know until we see the first couple games, first two, three, four games um, in the regular season. Um, But this is going to be an interesting one to watch because you've got guys like, you know, JV and Hawkins and Caleb Huntley who are also competing um, to be in a, you know, rotation, you know, with this offense or, you know, make the roster practice squad, things like that. So this is an interesting to watch because of the depth that we have there with the guys that all have potential. Caleb Huntley, people have been raving about him and his abilities in training camp and what he's been doing. Uh, every time I see the name Javian Hawkins, I see unreal speed attached to his name and how fast he looks on the field. So he's one. And then with Dante Freeman, not Dante Freeman, oh, not Dante Freeman. Dante Foreman and his ability um, that he has being a bigger back, kind of having a frame like a Derrick Henry, he's probably extremely attractive on the field in the sense of his abilities to Arthur Smith. So the running back role is going to be a fun one to watch. I have no doubt Mike Davis is our guy. I don't think I'm thinking that there's going to be somebody that's going to creep over him. That's certainly not going to happen. He's the guy moving forward, certainly with his contract and his abilities that he brings to the table. And what he did for the Carolina Panthers when Christian McCaffrey got injured and certainly what he did to our Atlanta Atlanta Falcons last year, completely embarrassing thing to watch. But there's going to be a competitive battle for that three spot, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch with the talent and potential that we have there at running back. Number four on my list is the third string receiver. And I say third string instead of slot because one of the things that we saw a lot of uh, in training camp and in the scrimmage at Mercedes-Benz Stadium was Russell Gage lining up at the slot. And I think He's certainly the number two receiver, no doubt about it, but I think they're going to move him into slot a lot because he performed well in that role last year. And I think with him being there, um, you could push an Alamad Zacchaeus to the outside or a Christian Blake. There's a lot of talent right there for that third um, role, if you will, with our receivers. You've got Christian Blake. You've got Alamad Zacchaeus. You've got... um, 
Frank Darby. You've got some guys, uh, Tajay Sharp, too. Certainly don't want to forget him. I think he's a guy that's been mentioned a lot by our coaching staff that could certainly compete for that. So that's going to be a fun one to watch as well. You certainly want to keep your eye on uh, that third-string receiver role and who's going to step up for that. Trust me, I understand that there's a fourth and a fifth, and there's many times that we're going to see four wide receivers out there. But with the amount of 12 personnel that we run and how often we're going to see guys like Kyle Pitts, Hayden Hurst, Lee Smith out there, um, I just don't know how often we're going to see four receivers on the field. So I refrain from digging too deep into who's going to be our fourth and fifth receivers and things like that. Um, so I'm interested to see who's going to take on that third spot, who's going to be that strong candidate um, at receiver. So that's going to be a very interesting to watch. And there's a true competition going on. These guys have been talking about it. These coaches have been talking about how intriguing and how deep we are at receiver. So um, that's certainly one to keep your eye on. Who will be the third string receiver? And then obviously uh, you can't make this list without talking about who could be our right tackle I certainly believe it's going to be Caleb McGarry, but he's missed a lot of time. And Jalen Mayfield has been taking a ton of the snaps with the first team. Um, other guy out there is Jason Spriggs that's uh, been taking some snaps with the first team as well. Uh, but this could end up being a battle. We don't know what this this new regiment has in mind. Okay, I'm not going to get too ahead of myself and just call Caleb McGarry the guy. Although, in my heart and my mind certainly leans with Caleb McGarry being the starting right tackle, even though he missed some time. And maybe they were just putting Jalen Mayfield out there because they believe Jalen Mayfield can fit in somewhere on this line and be an imperative part of what we're doing uh, with our offensive line. It can certainly be a great depth piece for us, but um, we don't know that. And, and, and that's why I put this, the right tackle role on this list because we don't know what's going to happen there. So, this will be one to watch. It'll be interesting to see who goes out there, who's taking snaps at right tackle, who's performing well at right tackle, who's holding their own out there. Um, no doubt, obviously, it's preseason. You want to see whoever's out there. If it's a, if it's a Jalen Mayfield and he's, he's fighting for a competitive starting role, you want to see him absolutely destroying uh, defensive ends um, and people that he's uh, going up against on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but that's one to keep your eyes on as well. There's certainly some honorable mentions. We won't get too deep into that because I want to save some material uh, for the next couple weeks as we go into these other preseason games. But there's some very interesting battles to watch as we go into this first preseason game. You know, One of the things, when you have a regimen that's been running your team for a long time, these preseason games don't seem to mean as much. But there's this feeling, this sense that when we go into this first preseason game with this new regimen, that these games mean so much more. I can't remember the last time I was this excited to watch a preseason game, and maybe it's because of the podcast and everything that I've been doing, but I'm just freaking fired up, man, to watch this preseason game and see all these guys. Uh, again, it could be because of the podcast, and I'm just way more familiar with all these guys than I've ever been. But it just seems like there's a lot of competitive uh, positions out there that are un that, that we're going to get to watch and, and see unfold. So um, a lot to see here uh, for all of us to keep our eyes on um, in our first preseason game of the year. All right, guys, that's a wrap on this episode of the Heads Up Podcast. Make sure you 
subscribe or follow on whatever podcast platform that you're listening on. If you're on Apple, make sure you leave a five-star written review. It helps out the podcast a ton. You can find me on social media, on Twitter, at HeadsUpFalcons. You can find me on Instagram, at Atlanta Falcons Podcast. Make sure you follow me. Hit me up, man. Let me know what you thought. Let me know what you want to hear on the next episodes, and I'll be sure to make sure that I feature some of the topics that you send my way. Uh, Big shout-out to my producer. Thanks for all the hard work and editing that you put in on the podcast. Everybody out there, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.